Hello, and welcome to Public Interest Podcast with your host, Jordan Cooper, where we have been interviewing politicians, activists, advocates, and others since 2016 with the intention of ennobling public service, creating a platform for positive civil discourse, and facilitating dialogue with difference. This show is the antidote for those who are tired of hearing about what's going wrong with the world. We showcase people just like you who are working to leave the world better than they found it. And that's good news. And now a word from former President John F. Kennedy with his views on public service. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I'll remind you that this show is made possible by viewers like you. If you appreciate what we're doing here at Public Interest Podcast and enjoy this episode, please contribute $1 at publicinterestpodcast.com. And to express our gratitude, we offer a few freebies to our supporters. In addition to your support, we welcome your feedback. Please join the conversation by calling 240-630-0380 or by emailing engage at publicinterestpodcast.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Today, your co-host is David Catalanato, an environmental professional and political activist. David, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, everybody. So uh, we're going to start today talking about environmental... What are we talking about, David? Environmental management, household hazardous waste, ways that you can keep your home safe and also keep your surroundings safe. Right. So for those who have difficulty finding a way to sleep at night, this may be the opportune time to tune in to this episode of Behind the Scenes. Okay, David? So Everyone needs to know this. (laughs) So let let it rip here. What do we need to know? So, uh, Jordan, thank you for having me tonight. Um, basically, the, in anyone's home, there are going to be some items that you can't just throw in the trash. Like most people have a drawer that they fill with old batteries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have some places, you know, you want to do it yourself painter. So you have some paint hanging out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, th- you know, there, there's always some stuff that you, you can't just toss in the trash. How do you know what stuff you can't toss in the trash? Well, usually the product label will have some information about that. Right. But we all general... read product labels, right? <laughs> or we should. Is that what you're saying? We should read should the labels. Be, yeah, yeah most labels. people don't. But uh, generally speaking, if you're talking about broad categories, yeah. uh, you know, the, really by uh, weight or volume, it's mostly paint. Mm-hmm. And batteries, but mm-hmm. then you also have. I've been throwing my batteries cleaners. in the trash. What happens there if you do that? Well, it's it's a risk to throw batteries in the trash because you have uh, you have the potential for um, for uh, you know, fires and oh, other well. and other risks uh, to to workers and also to the environment. Yeah, and there there especially if we're talking about lithium batteries. That's the biggest thing uh, these days with so cell not, phones. Not like Duracell batteries so much. Duracell batteries are important too. You don't want them in the trash, but you don't want any batteries in the trash. But the biggest issue that we're finding today is, you know, these little cell phone batteries, these lithium iron batteries. Why would anyone throw those out? Because they're lazy, and also, honestly, just mostly they're lazy, but often. Um, you know, people just are not prepared for a big life event. Like, let's say you're moving, yeah. or in many cases, you get evicted. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you don't have much time to do things, and it's just, okay, I have this crap, I don't need it, or I can't take it with me, I'm just going to toss it. I've done that before, honestly. Right. Um, And... I don't feel good about it, but... So these old cell phones and these just batteries from toys and things, where do they go? Where should they go? Well, what they sh- where they should go is to a household hazardous waste collection facility. Now, it, it depends on where you live. There are, some, there are some places in the country where you can have a curbside collection, but that's pretty uncommon. Mm-hmm. You know, usually there's a facility... That you can take your items to, and it's batteries, it's electronic waste, like old um, TVs, yeah, old TVs and monitor, computer monitors, mm-hmm. and electronics, um, you know, and uh, pesticides if you have them, household cleaners that are just not good, medicine, um, sh- you know, med- medicinal sharps, you know, needles that you use if you if you're a diabetic or you otherwise. Um, you know, have have needles hanging around, and so all of that, all of that is you know pretty dangerous stuff to have in the trash for um, for the trash man. For the trash man, definitely. Okay. Also for for the environment, but definitely for the trash trash man. So bring it to household hazardous waste site. Um, well, you know where where I am, it's open five days a week, eight eight a.m. to three thirty. You just show up mm-hmm. uh, in your in your car and. You know, drop your stuff off. But wherever it is, um, you bring it there. Uh, usually, it's free to drop off, mm-hmm. and then you're keeping the stuff from from being in the trash and doing right by by your community. So, if you were to guess on average, what proportion of items that should be recycled in this particular way or burned or, or whatever brought to these collection sites because they're hazardous? What proportion of all those items actually are brought there, and what proportion would you say are thrown in the trash? That's a very tough question. I don't have the data on me, but uh, my guess is. So I'm I'm in uh, California, just north of San Francisco, in Marin County, and there there's been a lot of education and just a lot of awareness, uh-huh. and also you know it's the law, right? <laughs> you know, you, so are these state laws? Yeah, they're, they're, so it they're varies enormously. Across the country, there are big variations in, in what in what the law is, but in most in most places, you're not allowed to throw batteries, medicine, you know, stuff like that into the trash. Um, where there are differences, it's usually a little more nuanced. Like paint, latex paint is is not considered hazardous, whereas oil based paint, you know, most places it would be. But like uh, latex paint. If you have an empty container versus a full container, uh-huh. you know, that might differ if you're in Texas versus Maryland versus California. But, yeah, it, it, depend, it depends on the state and, you know, local jurisdictions. But, but I'd say, to, to get back to your question, you know, it's probably in, in areas where there's an awareness of it and where the law is, is uh, enforced, um, it's... I'd say close to 75%. Oh, wow. I'm just ballparking it, but you know. So you'd say more people are complying with this than not? I'd say, yeah. But but there are definitely gaps. And we see it a lot in immigrant communities mm-hmm. and, and you know, also just with people who feel entitled and feel like it doesn't matter. What sort of variability... So what sort of enforcement do you have uh, of 
of these laws, right? So, I mean, who's combing through the trash to see if there's anything that shouldn't be in there? <laughs> well, that's... I think it's highly unlikely that you'd have anyone just searching through your your trash can to see if there's stuff that that shouldn't be there. If there is a really terrible accident, like um, in in Antioch, California, a few months ago, there was actually mercury, mm-hmm. uh, like a mercury spill. It was in someone's trash can. And, you know, mercury, you don't want to toss in the trash. If you have a th- broken thermometer, for example. It's a heavy metal. Yeah, you got to get rid of that. You got to bring that to the household hazardous waste site. Um, or if you can't do that, call someone who can. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if, if there's a, an event like that mm-hmm. and they find it and, and they then, find then there's an investigation that right. goes on. Well, yeah, otherwise it would be if, if, if you're caught dumping. Meaning if you throw stuff into a dumpster that's not yours or put something next to a dumpster right. and then you're caught on surveillance, but if you're then in, you could get fines. But if you're in your own kitchen and you toss some batteries into the trash can and the trash goes out. <laughs> no, there's, not, there's not the waste police who are going to go around. You know. <laughs> That'd be a pretty crappy job. <laughs> pretty dirty, huh? A trashy job, I guess. Uh, so... All right, so there's a bunch of stuff. And so w- what are some of the more common... So you said paint... What, do, what happens to this stuff when you recycle it? These 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 monitors, thermometers, paint, what happens? Yeah, well, often it gets recycled, and that, that's the hope. Um, but even better than that, some of this can get reused. Right. Like, like, I mean, a lot of the these... Um, the highest, uh, either by weight or by volume, however you want to connect, the most stuff that we get mm-hmm. is usually, um, I say we, because I have, have a, re- a relationship with um, Household Hazardous Waste Collection Facility. Uh, but um, w- the, the stuff that gets there, it's usually some a big event. Like someone's moving in or moving out mm-hmm. or um, a relative dies and then, you know, the survivors are, are sifting through. All the stuff. Yeah, all the everything that's left behind. And then you have often things that are in perfectly good condition. Mm-hmm. They may be a little old, but if you can still read the label on it and it's still mostly full, well, hey, that's a good product that can be used. And they're even... Um, there's some new innovations going on that, um, where even something that's not completely full, you sometimes can find a market for it, especially agricultural products. Uh, there's a company called called Smarter Sorting that um, is it's starting up. It's but it, but it's based out of Austin, Texas. But it, you know it's making inroads into other other states and cities and um, they're able to sell old product from you know. Usually agricultural products, mm. but they have buyers for it. And, and Goodwill, uh, for example, is, was one of their buyers. Mm. So, um, you know, the best thing to do is to reuse. Mm. And really, you're talking about, you know, from my perspective, hey, you have you have something in your house that you can't toss in the trash that you don't want. Mm. Well, yeah, of course, bring it to household hazardous waste. But talk to your neighbors. Talk to your friends. See if any of them have any need for it first. How would you find out where your local household hazardous waste disposal site is? After you can even remember how to say that mouthful. <laughs> yeah, HHW doesn't really roll off the tongue. And it's 
it's tough because before I really learned about this uh, professionally, I didn't really know it was an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google. I mean, it's the, the 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 issue is there's no centralized database yeah. where you can just type in and be like, "Where is my HHW?" Mm-hmm. But um, they tend to be fire stations or police stations or what? Oh um, no, usually uh, they're. In most cases, they're run by your county. Mm-hmm. It could, could also be your city. So, so that's really the place to start. Like, really, if you do a Google search for, uh, and I'm not even sure what would show up, but let's say Bethesda household hazardous waste or Montgomery County household hazardous waste, mm-hmm. you know, then then that would be a place to start. But but that that would be, um, I'd say, where where to where to begin. Um, but if you really can't find out information on that at all. Uh, whatever your 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 county or county equivalent, you know, like if you live in D.C., uh, you you can um, if there's a Department of Health or Environmental yeah. Services or um, or even Public Works, there should be some sort of direction from there. Any final thoughts about the hazards of hazardous waste and and the benefits of disposing of it properly? Well, really, it's about you know, it's not just you, it's about your neighbors and your community and just doing right by everyone around you. Uh, it, it can sometimes be a hassle, especially because, um, you know, sometimes there are life events that come where it's just, you feel like you're overwhelmed and you have the urge to just throw stuff away. But, um, you know, it can be harmful if it gets into our water supply you know, if, it, if, if uh, in some cases, if it gets in, into the air mm-hmm. for air quality and also just to the workers, um, you know, the stuff that we consume, mm-hmm. it doesn't just go away when, when we throw it in the garbage. You know, it's still there in some form. Reuse is the best, as I say. Sometimes it gets recycled, which is great, too. Mm-hmm. Other times it just has to go in the landfill. But if you have something that's going in the landfill that really shouldn't, um, you know, it can be unsafe to the workers who work in the landfill and to, uh, for, for our, uh, you know, air, air and water, uh, supply. So just, it, it's just about, um, understanding that, you know, we don't exist in a vacuum and the people around us, they matter too. And as the behind the scenes of your kitchen cabinet, your cell phone, your old computer monitors from the nineties and what you need to do with it. <laughs> so, uh. That's about advancing the public interest by keeping in mind uh, the environment and how your actions will impact others. So uh, thanks, David, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, Jordan. This has been another episode of Public Interest Podcast with your host, Jordan Cooper, where we interview politicians, activists, advocates, and others who seek to improve the state of the world. I'll remind you to subscribe on publicinterestpodcast.com, iTunes, or your favorite podcast listening platform. And please join the conversation by calling 240-630-0380 or emailing engage at publicinterestpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.